Hello, and welcome to Trey Beckert's GovCon podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. I'm Brendan Hallern, a senior manager with Trey Beckert, and with me today is John Bulop, a manager in Trey Beckert's Government Contractor Advisory Services Group. As part of our continuing series on contractor business systems, today we'll be talking about purchasing systems. Thanks for joining me today, John. Thank you, Brendan. Glad to be here. Looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, great. Um, so just a little bit, you know, kind of as an introduction in terms of, you know, why we want to um, highlight and talk a little bit further about purchasing systems. You know, one of the things we've been seeing <clears throat> assisting our clients is that there's additional solicitations and RFPs that are including um, some of the business system, you know, one requirements, or in some cases, even you know, uh, providing, you know, additional points, you know, if an offer has uh, an approved estimating or in this case, you know, possibly a purchasing system. So we've seen a lot of activity generated around that, you know, as folks try to, you know, give themselves the best opportunity to to be awarded and looking for, you know, points or, or any credit they can get uh, for some of those larger solicitations. So, um, you know, in addition to that, you know, as contractors are growing, and, you know, where it may become a requirement for them to have an approved purchasing system, you know, it's really, you know, I think important for for companies to be looking at what they're doing in terms of their procedures, how are they documenting, you know, procurements on government contracts. And so in some cases, you know, the the sooner that you start, you know, thinking about developing a system for that, you know, it just makes it easier as you grow so that, you know, some of those um, some of those things are really ingrained in, you know, what you're doing um, already. <clears throat> but so to, to kind of get things started, John, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what, <clears throat> you know, what the requirement is for a purchasing system, um, when it's a requirement, and, and just some of what that entails? Absolutely, Brennan, thank you. You know, the purchasing system is, is one of the business systems, uh, DCMA, the Defense Contract Management Agency, uh, has oversight for and audits. You know, in a nutshell, uh, is to evaluate the efficiency, effectiveness of how a contractor spends the government funds and complies with the various FAR and DFARs uh, going forward, especially with their subcontractors. Uh, it follows DFARs 252 and FAR Part 44. Uh, normally, it's sales driven. If you have $50 million, within a 12-month period or more as a requirement. Uh, but for the most part, the contracting officer, if he or she has any type of concern, any type of risk, uh, that can be a trigger for the purchasing system requirement too. Also, it has to be in your contract as a requirement. Uh, so that's another key trigger point. So with that, you know, why do we care about the purchasing system? Now it's to compare your purchasing system to the regulations and normally as a company grows, you want to have this in place basically for the configuration side of that. There's 22 system type criteria of this. We won't go into all of those today, but we'll touch on some of the more basic ones such as price adjustments, price justifications, policies, procedures, 
and subcontractor pricing, one of the more base, basic ones we have. As I mentioned, DCMA is the oversight agency of this particular system. And their basic mission is to ensure government suppliers, you, have purchasing systems in place that contribute to an effective subcontract management. And what does that mean? Effective subcontract management includes the development of your internal policies and procedures, you're following regulations, the FAR and DFARs, uh, you have adequacy of cost and price analysis performed on subcontractors, for example. So that's the mission statement. And the FAR regulation or the CPSR, the Contractor Purchasing System Review Objective, which is in subpart, subpart FAR 44.3, the objective basically is, as I mentioned, the efficiency and effectiveness with which the, you as a contractor spends the government funds and complies with policy. So this is very basic to government contractors. It's an important system. So as we go through this, some of the more key areas are documentation. Documentation is critical. Uh, this is throughout the CPSR. Everything starts with the purchasing policies and procedures within the FAR and DFARs, the regulations, expectations of the DCMA would be like, you have these in place. What do you do? And so forth. Another part of this is, what's your competitive advantage? You know, what's your competition? Uh, do we select subcontractors on a competitive basis, for example? Uh, do we have metrics in place for fair and reasonable pricing, as I mentioned earlier? Uh, how do we develop and document this within an organization, too? Uh, do we train our individuals, our employees, and so forth? Do we also have negotiated costs? Uh, do we engage in documentation price negotiation? Uh, do we evaluate our pricing, for example? So all this comes into play having a strategic purchasing system, a compliant purchasing system, and one that's configured properly uh, to receive data. And just to continue on, and I'll pass this back to Brandon shortly, is you want to lock down your documentation process. You know, I can't state that enough. Uh, documentation is a pivotal piece for passing any government contracting system analysis, which includes a purchasing system. I mean, the entire CPSR process of DCMA begins with reviewing those purchasing policies and procedures and make sure they're adequately maintained. Uh, you want to also establish file compliance. Your pro procurement filing system is an essential part of your government contracting business. That's also necessary for the CPSRs. To show that team, DCMA, uh, that you may maintain internal processes around your system for compliance and you're actively managing it. And as I mentioned, train your staff is, is very important too. Uh, DCMA, the reviewers want to know your business is taking every measure possible to ensure your company is operating per their requirements. For example, annual training for those requirements. And another important piece to come back to is to properly configure your purchasing system. A common downfall of many government contractors undergoing the CPSR is an inadequate, inadequate response to a data call. And what's a data call? 
Now, this asks for accurate data around subcontracts and purchase orders, for example. And having a robust conf configuration of purchasing systems can instill a sense of trust with your reviewers, DCMA primarily, and show them that your system is reliable and consistent. This helps keep tracking of data sources on track and dependable, and also reporting all data requirements you know, within your contract. Uh, so with that, I'll pass it back to Brandon for any further comments and questions. Yeah, thanks, John. I think you touched on a, a lot of you know really important uh, components of a purchasing system and some of the things that contractors need to be thinking about. And, and just to kind of follow on that is that, you know, the documentation, you know, as you reinforced is really critical, <clears throat> having those consistent, you know, procedures and methods, you know, for, you know, not only for actually performing, you know, the steps that are associated with it, <clears throat> but then being able to um, demonstrate that to a to a government reviewer. And so, you know, we we never stop um, kind of um, reinforcing the, you know, the importance of that. And so some of the things, um, you know, <clears throat> and as important as the documentation aspect of it is, you know, you touched on, you know, the the staff, the training that's required. And so it really is, you know, all of those, you know, controls and things that um, contribute to the purchasing activities. So, you know, having, you know, a, a training program, <clears throat> you know, having review and approvals, you know, throughout the process, those are all things that are, you know, play key parts of what would be considered an adequate system. And, you know, you touched on, you know, the <clears throat> CPSR or contractor purchasing system review, you know, and that's really the, um, the DCMA team that would, you know, come in and do the review <clears throat> of a system. And it's, you know, really quite um, intensive in terms of the, you know, level of detail that they will um, drill down into a, a contractor's system with. And, and so it really starts with, you know, reviewing what is the documentation? Do you cover all of the key uh, criteria and public law requirements. And, you know, so they'll start with really, um, you know, focusing on, you know, policy procedure. If you have a procurement manual, um, all of the resources that you're utilizing alongside with that. <clears throat> and then they actually will sample, um, you know, from typically from the last 12 months of uh, procurement activity. Um, certain cases that they will review in detail. And so, John, you mentioned, you know, the importance of, you know, file documentation and being consistent with that. And that's really important so that, you know, the, the review team can, you know, um, you know, really obtain all the information that supports the procurement or subcontract and, you know, can, you know, really show whether you're, you know, following, you know, your own policy and procedure and, and if those are, are adequately documented. So it really can be, you know, quite intensive, um, you know, that part of the review where they're really digging into the details and following it step by step through your process. And so in, in summary, in terms of kind of the government review aspect of it, that CPSR team will, you know, report um, you know, their findings or um, results of their analysis back to the Cognizant ACO. And so that really is, you know, forms the basis of, you know, whether a system, you know, is approved or disapproved. And so, you know, the, you know, having, you know, good preparation for that and being able to, you know, I'll say pass um, a CPSR is, is important in obtaining that because the ACO relies on those functional specialists 
and procurement analysts to to provide that feedback <clears throat> and whether you know there's a comfort level with you know approving or disapproving the the system um and so with that you know i mean obviously having a um, an approved purchasing system is a is a great um a great goal for uh, contractors to look towards um, or maintaining an approved system for for those that have already kind of undergone the process. But you know, what are some of the you know you know benefits that you know contractors can realize um, of having an approved system, John? Well, there's many benefits, and one topic I want to stress. I know documentation is very key to this system, as it, as it is to other business systems, is that you want to have a properly store stored area of your documentation. Uh, there should be a procurement file, such as a central repository for all procedural FAR, DFARS requirements. You know, we have seen clients may violate a, a regulation reporting requirement uh, because that they failed to report you know, violations of uh, basically documentation and storage requirements. So successful purchasing systems, you know, should have an established internal procurement file compliance review. That would be great. Uh, which are basically determined by the risk factors within your organization. So if we can show DCMA, you are monitoring the system effectively, all parts of the criteria of the purchasing system, and identifying those issues. If you have a corrective action, for example, implementing those, you immediately establish more credibility with a CPSR review team, and also improve, improving your documentation, filing and complying with the DFARS review process. So there's many benefits to this strategic, competitive, uh, basically more efficient system, uh, better trained employees, uh, better audits from DCMA and so forth. So having a good business system such as this one in place and strongly having a subcontractor management process, that's the very key too, along with documentation, uh, will make your contract requirements met and also lead to more contract wins for you. Yeah, those are all good points. And you know, one of the things that I think um, we see clients where they where they do have an uh, an approved system is that you know there are some things that you know that um, are are good benefits in terms of you know it can relieve them of the requirement. Um, to obtain consent to subcontract. Um, so there's there are some, you know, some efficiencies that can be gained of going through the process and and actually having that in place. So, um, you know, those are are very um, very good time saving and effort and resource saving um, things that that can come by way of having an approved system. Um, some of the things and and a lot of this goes back to, you know, you know we keep. Um, Talking about consistency, you know, of your procedures, you know, following those steps, documentation, and and really proof um, so that it can be validated. Um, you know, one of the things that we encounter quite a bit is that you know clients do typically have many of the you know many of the key procedures in place, even if they don't have you know a defined you know procurement manual or or really kind of a central. Um, set of procedures, you know, that that kind of 
you know, are the the guidelines for it. And so as we talk with with clients and kind of walk through what they're doing um, within their supply chain and, and subcontract management is that they do have a lot of these, um, you know, the necessary processes in place and are doing, you know, in some cases, a very good job of, of documenting it. And so it really is a matter of, you know, bringing that all together into, you know, what the government would view as, you know, a system, you know, what are those functional areas in the organization that play a part in purchasing? You've got program managers um, that frequently are, you know, really kind of starting the process with that requisition, which is a key, um, key aspect and key requirement um, straight through, you know, your purchasing you know, representatives or procurement managers, you know, whatever the staffing might be, and then how management, you know, plays a role in, um, you know, reviewing, um, approving certain thresholds and really having that defined. So um, in some cases, you know, we, we always talk with clients and ask them to kind of step back and, and talk about what they're doing and, and they typically have a lot of that in place. So um, it may just be a matter of really defining it and, you know, um, you know, making sure that you have, you know, those practices um, clearly in place. What are some of the things that, um, John, in terms of, you know, we talked about, you know, some of the components of, you know, what define an adequate purchasing system, what some of the steps of, you know, a actual purchasing system review would look like, but, you know, what are some of the things that, um, that contractors, you know, can do you know, whether they're, you know, preparing for a formal government review or really just trying to, you know, further develop their system, you know, in terms of, you know, making sure that um, that things steps are being followed and, and requirements are met. Yeah, as I mentioned, it's very strategic. Um, subcontractor management, as we discussed, is very key documentation, 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 and uh, policies and procedures. We keep on mentioning that very critical. Another area is another word we can use uh, along with documentation, documentation, documentation is compete, compete, compete. And you want to select subcontractors on a competitive basis, you know, to the maximum extent possible as consistent with your objectives and requirements of the contract. Um, if you don't have competition, this could lead to a CPSR finding, raises red flags increases government scrutiny, and it could potentially expose you to a variety of findings in a CPSR. Uh, for example, insufficient file documentation, inadequate source justifications, uh, price analysis negotiation memoranda that may be missing, the Truth and Negotiations Act, and of course, cost accounting standards non-compliance. So there's many areas here. Another one we touched upon briefly earlier is you want to have metrics too. You want to measure competitively your company's fair and reasonable pricing, for example. What's that based on? Make sure it's competitive analysis techniques are in place and avoid risk of those, those findings also in a CPSR review. So there's many points we can talk about this. Uh, those are the key ones that I can think of that from my experience and going through reviews and audits with DCMA and with government contractors tend to be more the ones that are looked at and reviewed. So those are the ones I would say are very key uh, to be competitive and to win more awards. Yeah, those are, are great points. And one of the things that 
that you mentioned that you know I I think comes up quite a bit is that you know on you know source um, justification and in a lot of cases you know depending on the contract or you know um, government program is that you know there are instances where for instance um, you know a you know the government is really um, you know kind of driving uh, the contractor towards a you know single source and in some cases that may be very clear um, but that's an area where certainly you know uh, a review would pick up on and so you know organizations really need to make sure that um, you know that they're you know trying to um, kind of mitigate any risks that they have you know by by selecting some of those sources and, and again some of that comes down to the procedure you go through ensuring that you can kind of document um, you know what um, what criteria were met um, and how Well, I know um, certainly we could talk probably for hours on uh, all of the the details that go into um, you know forming an adequate purchasing system, but I think we you know touched on a lot of the you know key areas that um, that folks really do need to be thinking about um, you know whether they're in kind of the formula you know the stage of formulating what their uh, purchasing system is going to look like or actually preparing for you know more formal government review. But thanks for joining us. If you have any questions, feel free to email John at john.bula at cbh.com or myself, brendan.halloran at cbh.com. And please join us again for our next podcast.